Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. As you know, we have several of our Texas uh, legislators in Washington, D.C. right now. What we can only be con that can only be considered our local heroes. I want to, first of all, introduce you to the one and only Penny Shaw. Penny, how are you doing today? We are maintaining. I'm doing good, and I'm happy to be with you, here with you today on the show. Representative Penny Shaw is uh, from District, uh, represents District 148 in the Houston area, right? Correct, yes. Now, Houston, North Side, and a part of Spring Branch. And a part of Spring Branch. Now, let me first ask you, um, how painful is it to be doing what you're having to do right now? Well, I can first say, let me, let me just start that out with saying the sacrifices that, any sacrifices that we're making um, pales in comparison to um, the potential sacrifices that mm -hmm. voters and election workers will have to make if this bill were to pass. Um, okay. But I will speak to your question, though. Um, there was a member here who was supposed to get married last week. She had a wedding uh, that was canceled. Uh, we have members who have birthdays and they have to have them here in isolation from their families. We have people who are parenting via Zoom. Um, it's especially hard for parents with small kids, and there are many members who have small children, and they are having to be away from them for an extended period of time. And because of COVID precautions, they can't necessarily be here um, with them. Even otherwise, they probably could travel here, but they're not able to. Uh, and hopefully, a lot of the people that are listening or watching got to see the MSNBC national coverage last night at, on the uh, last word show. Uh, because several members talked about uh, their hardships and, well, just being away from our home amenities. We don't have cars. We don't, we're, we're living in our workplace. We're, we're living in a public place, essentially. Um, obviously, our risks are heightened here because we're sharing elevators and hallways, and it's a big hotel, and it's a busy hotel, um, and we have to take public transportation if we need to get some kind of amenity uh, so, you know, those are some of the things I can think of. Obviously, a lot of our businesses, uh, we, a lot of us own businesses, and so our businesses are on hold. They're idling right now uh, because we, a lot of us can't work, uh, do, do what we do professionally remotely, um, and others are trying to do their work remotely uh, from their hotel rooms. So that's, I hope that paints a little picture of what it's like here. I think that is one of the most important pictures because what I wanted to show, and the reason I didn't even go into the voter details of the of why you over there, I want the listeners to understand that this isn't a game. This has financial impacts on our Congress people or on our representatives who, as you said, have businesses. And your salary as a rep is minimal, $600, I think, a month or something like that? Correct. Sometimes a little less. Right. Sometimes a little less. So what you all are doing in Washington, D.C. is not a gimmick. It is not a stunt. It is not trying to get attention because it has material impact on every single one of our state or Democratic state legislators that are in D.C. Now that we've got that out of the way, I want our audience to realize that do not buy into the narrative that somehow this is a gimmick for attention. This is real. Now, please, uh, Representative, please tell me exactly now, what is it that you're fighting for? The freedom to vote. That's what we're fighting for, not only for Texans, but across America. 
There have been a slew of legislation filed in at least 46 states to restrict voter access uh, and to do have many impacts on voting that are essentially chilling effects to voters. And we can talk about those more elaborately, but specifically in Texas, our bill, and by the way, in 17 of those states, at least 17 of those states, the bills have already passed. So Texas would have been the next state to pass such legislation had we not left the state to break quorum, which essentially then does not allow the House to vote on the bill uh, that's before us. Now, let me go back a little bit. In the regular session, which is January to May, this same voter restriction bill came up. Well, not this same one because it, it even had more uh, restriction, uh, but because we broke quorum then, they took out some of the things that were restricted, but this one is still very harmful and we're still opposed to it. it this bill is called HB3. Uh, you may have heard of it before as HB6. That's what it was in regular session. In that bill, it had all of the same provisions that we see now, but it also had um, banning voter uh, voting uh, sold to the polls on Sunday. And it also had a provision that would basically allow elections to be overturned without a finding of fraud, just allegations. So once we broke quorum on May 31st and, and therefore that bill died, um, though that came out in the media and it was an embarrassment, it, it, that one, those two got a lot of attention. And so they said those were mistakes. We didn't need to have them in there. And those were pulled out. Um, nonetheless, um, the governor, this is his priority. This is the GOP priority bill. And so they called a special session to bring us back. And mind you, special sessions cost taxpayer dollars a lot of money and are meant for extraordinary matters, uh, just emergency extraordinary matters that need to be addressed to call the legislature back into a special session. Well, in the governor's mind, this is one of those things. Um, COVID wasn't. Uh, the, the winter freeze and giving people relief wasn't, uh, and many other things weren't, but this is. And so he's called a special session to bring us, bring us back to really, this is the priority bill that, that, that they want to pass. Um, looking at the bill, there are many, many voter restriction problems still that exist, even though the ban on social polls is taken out. Um, you have the empowerment of partisan poll watchers who can be intimidating, um, who can now get up very close to people, uh, as close to actually the, the law says to see and hear what's going on at the polls. Uh, and that includes election workers and well, voters are all around and they can wander around freely. So it's also uh, can be very intimidating to voters as well. Uh, and we know that people go to great lengths to go to the poll and vote. They wait hours and hours sometimes. Um, they have to sometimes take off work. They sometimes have to take their kids. They, they just, they have to go through a lot. It's not, oftentimes it's not an in and out. So to be subjected to um, untrained uh, and, and uh, partisan people that are sent there by specific parties or candidates or organizations um, and have to be overseen by them and potentially intimidated by them is not something that, that we want. We don't consider that helpful or favorable or in any way um, empowering voters to continue. Technically to speaking, technically speaking, it's illegal. <clears throat> well, this bill is making it legal. Um, and I don't think I have to tell you, you can use your imagination about what kind of people and what kind of paraphernalia 
what kind of weapons, uh, all of these things um, that we've seen in the past. We don't want to codify any any parts of that to make it a law and to give these give these kind of partisan poll watchers a safe haven at our election at our election polls. Um, it creates criminal pitfalls uh, throughout the bill so that innocent people who think they're just helping somebody vote uh, could suddenly be involved in a criminal act uh, or if an election worker gives somebody. Uh, I, I think that one is very important, uh, uh, Representative, because uh, there, there is a part that I think if, if you're helping auntie or helping grandma, uh, you have to fill out some sort of an affidavit that says uh, that that says whether you helped or not or whether you assisted or not. And if you turned out to answer that in a way that they can interpret it some other different way. You can get thrown in jail for that. And you may just, you know, be doing it innocently. You, someone may ask, a neighbor may ask you for help, someone who, who isn't their native language or they just don't understand. Sometimes uh, the, um, the ballot can be complicated and provisions in their ballot measures, uh, they can be complicated. So they just create fine lines that you have to walk um, and, and that creates pitfalls for people who are, everybody's not a lawyer, everybody isn't, and even lawyers aren't going to know this unless they go study the bill, and the bill is nuanced. It's probably 50 pages long. It's not a simple bill. And, and so essentially, without getting into the, the nitty-gritty nuanced details, it creates a chilling effect to people who want to help, to people who want to go vote. Um, election workers, that's another part. People uh, and you mentioned family members. I want to go back to that for a second because there is it, it does still have you can you can help family members vote, um, but they have narrowed that. And again, you have to be careful with exactly following the, the strict guidelines of the law. Basically, even if you are helping a family member, it's not just like I'm going to help my tia or I'm going to help my abuelita or my aunt or my uncle um, or my grandparents or my parents. It's just not like a simple thing. There, there. It's in the code and it has to be followed. Um, and election workers, they are often retired people who just want to make sure that democracy is upheld and they want to make sure our elections are safe and honest. Um, their, their ability to keep our polls functioning properly, and they are trained, these trained people, um, is grossly restricted by the, by the proposed law. Uh, giving poll work, partisan poll watchers, more authority basically than, than an election poll worker right and get, it, giving them more protection and more more uh, autonomy basically oops getting a call let me uh declining okay yes that, you're aware uh, what you're is sad uh representative is that um i think what we showed in harris county the the second largest county in the country was that if you give people options to vote they'll vote and what scared them to death is that people came out of the woodworks to vote and absent them uh, not, not further uh, uh, suppressing the vote in, in uh, Harris County, our mm -hmm. own attorney general, Ken Paxton, said that Donald Trump would have lost the election mm -hmm. in Texas had he not been successful in stopping Harris County from doing what they were doing. That's exactly right. You're, that's exactly on point. We had record turnouts in 2020. Um, and despite, despite the intimidation that was attempted with the census, right? So despite that, we had record turnouts at the polls. 
And you're right, that yielded results that were astonishing. I mean, it gave us a, a new administration. And this bill, in a lot of ways, really feels directly targeted to the Houston and Harris County area, because you're right, we, we did expansive things. We, we enlarged access to the voters. And because of it, we gave more people the ability and ease to go and vote. And isn't that what it's all about? That is what... That is yeah. actually what it's all about. We're, we're coming up on time right here, okay. um, Representative. So please tell me, uh, what would you have liked me to ask you? What would you like to tell our audience that I haven't thus far? That we are, we are working here, uh, despite the seeds of doubt that are trying to be planted and the simplicity they're trying to make this bill sound like it's harmless, it's helpful. Uh, we're in agreement with any part of the bill that makes elections safer, although our Secretary of State of Texas came out and testified that our elections are safe and there are very little problems, very little incidents of fraud uh, in the millions of voters. So this bill is a, a solution looking for a problem uh, that doesn't exist. And I just want, to, want all of the Texas voters and listeners out there to know that your legislators, your elected officials are here because we realize the gravity of what's at stake and we want to protect the right to vote because it's at the core of our democracy and this bill affects everyone. It affects everyone and we wanna make sure that that right is not infringed upon or trampled on. Texas House Representative Penny Shaw, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. And I tell you, you are one of our heroes out there. Please keep up the good work because we know the pain that you guys are going through out there in D.C., being away from your businesses, your families, your churches, or wherever it is that, uh, whatever it is that you do here in Texas. Thank you, Egberto. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.